Karma Automotive, Forbes Magazine's most anticipated luxury electric vehicle. Karma Automotive is a luxury EV brand designed and manufactured in California. Proud sponsor and official luxury vehicle of the Las Vegas Raiders. Charge the motion beyond EV. Karma Automotive. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. The game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. Well, I suppose the good news, Raider Nation, Eddie Pascal here in the fifth quarter presented by Twitch, by the way. The good news is that my guy Jason Fitz is also here in the fifth quarter presented by Twitch live and in person. We're not seeing him from his fantastic remote setup in Bristol, Connecticut, but... After that, Fitz, there is not a lot of good news. The Raiders fall today 3 nothing. yes, 3-2-0, uh, dropping a 5-8 and eight in the process. And Fitz, hard one to kind of wrap our minds around. You and I have been talking during the pre-show, as it were, about what to kind of make sense of all this. And, and it's hard, man. It really is hard to kind of wrap our heads around what we saw this afternoon. I, I don't know how you sort of figure out stress or emotion mm. but i'm like a stress eater you sure. know like i'm an emotional eater especially sweets usually like it's ice cream or cake or something in that range like when we finish this taping i'm going to go to my hotel and i am going to go to one of the restaurants inside said hotel and i'm going to order whatever level of cake and ice cream i can get oh. and i'm just going to sad eat it off on the side and i'm just going to sad eat it and over and over and over again i'm think the same thing this one game three points really becomes the defining back-breaking moment of the entire season. Because up until to, even when we came in today, when I first saw you, it was like, hey, this is a, this is a pretty good Vikings team. They're not great, mm-hmm. but this is a playoff-caliber Vikings team. If the Raiders want to make a playoff push, they got to get this game, right? And over the course of three hours, we went from, if the Raiders want to get in the playoffs, they got to get this game, to, so where's the draft standing look like? It just, it was the backbreaker. 3 nothing. and kudos to the defense for a great effort we'll get into. But man, this just was a reminder that I don't know if the Raiders will go on a miraculous run, but I know today the Raiders are not a good enough team to be in the playoff conversation. Yeah, 100%. We do need to talk about the defense and Patrick Graham and Max Crosby and all the historic things that are headed his way and really the, the way of the entire defense. But, I mean, you brought up a great point when we were talking before we started rolling, before we listened to Antonio Pierce, which we also have to dive into what we heard from AP this afternoon as well, post game. But you were saying when you, if the Raiders were able to wait to excuse me able to find a way to win this game, and you're sitting at six and seven, now you're a game out of the playoff picture, right? Well, you're in the picture, you're, you're firmly in the picture, but you're literally a game out of playing postseason football with Justin Herbert, a banged up Justin Herbert, a Justin Herbert who we just found out broke a finger on his throwing hand. No doctor seems to be an issue coming into a legion on a short week, right? So, you know, it feels seven and seven feels very attainable. Seven to seven feels like where you should be. But instead, three points. That's what this came down to, Fitz. And we talked about it over and over and over again. Three points. And I think that when we do look at the kind of story of the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders, you're 100% right. We're going to look back on this game. We're going to have this game circled and go, Boy, it really could all change with three points on a Sunday afternoon. You can't lose three to nothing 
when you have one of the best kickers in the NFL and he didn't even get a swing at it. That's yeah. the other part of it that we have to acknowledge. It's not just 3 nothing. It's 3 nothing with nothing to show for it. There was one drive they got into the red zone, and that drive resulted in a Hunter Renfro f- uh, for, uh, fumble, which is obviously unfortunate, but... That you should never go through a game when you are not taking on the Ravens of before. You're not taking on the 85 Bears. This is the Vikings. Pretty good defense, but not great. Like, they're pretty good defense. You can't get yourself into a situation where you see the, the red zone, which, where you only get in field goal range one time. I mean, and this is something that Antonio Pierce referenced in his uh, press conference afterwards. Mistakes, penalties, drops. Like it's just this is the same theme every week when we talk. Yeah. It's not one guy, it's a bunch of guys, and it's different drops at different times. And when that happens, you just look around to the entire organization and say, offensively, it's broken. Yeah, and it's, you're gonna make a great point where you talk about Carlson being one of the best kickers in the NFL. Our man kicked off the game, started our afternoon at Allegiant Stadium. That's the last we saw of him. That's the last time we saw the cash money man out on the field, which is pretty uh, pretty incredible. But I'm glad you brought up the kind of the offense in general, right? And we can look at the numbers and, oh, must we, but here we go. Uh, Raiders finished the game with 56 rushing yards. Josh Jacobs, 13 of 34, leaves the game early. Big yikes. Aiden O'Connell, 21 of 32, 171, no touchdowns, one interception. Also a big yikes. Devontae Adams finishes with 7 for 53. He has now scored one touchdown in, a bat in the past, one, two, three, let's call it eight weeks. Yikes. The offensive line surrenders four sacks. Yeah, I mean, how, you know, we can go on and on and on. And I think Antonio, to his credit, was asked in his postgame that you and I just were listening to. He says, Does everything under, is everything under consideration, whether that's the coordinators, the quarterback, whoever it is? And he did not stutter. He looked right in the eyes of whoever asked the question. I think it was uh, uh, our man from the, the Review Journal. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. But, and he said, the entire thing's under, the entire program is under consideration for what needs to be better. It's not good enough. And, and credit to AP for looking in the mirror, realizing, hey, we put up zero points at home. We got shut out at home. Our defense played their rear end off, and now we're sitting at five and eight. Something's got to change. What will change on a short week We will have, it remains to be seen. But, man, uh, credit to AP for at least facing the music and acknowledging, yes, something must change. I think he has to, too, because we got to remember, what are we playing for now? Like, this is every year the conversation, and it's funny, I text a buddy after the game. I haven't told you this. It's just oh, okay, story. doing it live. Te- text a buddy after the game. And he said, man, I'm sorry you flew all the way to, to Vegas to watch that you-know-what. And I was like, you know— I said, uh, it, it is it is what it is. Every year I have the game where I finally realize, okay, got to figure out how it looks different. And I said, so, you know, now I'm just looking at it saying, what's the reset look like for next year? Mm-hmm. And he said, man, I've known you 20 years, and every year you say that. Fair. But the difference is, when's the last time we went into an offseason looking at not only the entire coaching staff, but also likely the quarterback position. So it feels like we are entering what will become generationally the most important offseason the Raiders are going to see for the next 10 years. Because if you screw this up, now you're running behind the eight ball with the quarterback that's no good, with the coach that's no good. So like I say all of that to say as they enter that reset, AP has to make sure that he's putting the best version of him forward. Mm-hmm. And that was a long conversation with Mark Davis. You and I sat here for a long time waiting for the owner and the head coach to finish their conversation before he got to the podium. I think that speaks to the fact that if you're Antonio Pierce, right now you, you ain't worried about anything other than proving to the people in this building that you deserve to keep that job. And if that means you got to be hard right now, if that means you got to switch things up right now, you cannot afford to not be proactive if you really want to have a shot at this job in the offseason. I don't know if he does. 
does, but I know if he does nothing and they just continue to fall off the cliff offensively, then he won't show that he he has what it takes to be the head coach of this. And, and I'm a big believer, Fitz, in the in you know it might be kind of corny, it might be kind of cliche, but until there's an E next to you when you Google the you know the AFC West standings. You got you got to play you got to assume that you're in it until they tell you there is no mathematical way for your season to continue. You have to continue to try to evolve, to try to get better. And we look at today, not a lot went right on the offensive side of the football. A lot worked on the defensive side of the football. More on that in a second. But if you're Antonio Pierce, you got to acknowledge like, look, things need to change. We just got a month left of football, as crazy as it sounds. You got four games left. What am I going to do to change? And and like, I think that's the big question now heading into Thursday night. I think it gets a little more interesting that the team plays on a short week now instead of giving a full week to kind of digest whatever's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, it is uh, it has not been good enough, and it's got to get better quick, fast, and in a hurry. So a couple of things, and uh, I'll get back to one portion of that in a second. You mentioned the short week Thursday night. This is where it gets really curious because a short week is a challenge for a young quarterback. 100%. And uh, Coach was really obvious at the podium when he said, hey, we're going to look at everything, everything. We've got to look back at the film. It'll all be considered. I don't know what you do. But he also did say we knew when we started playing Aiden that there would be ups and downs, and this was not our best day. I don't know what the right approach is going to be because certainly somebody that's been in the league for a minute that essentially has 48 hours to get ready for a Chargers team that remember the last time they played Aiden O'Connell, he he struggled. He held on to the ball too long. I would argue he's still taking a long time to process at times. He's not just letting it rip. Like I, There has to be a real conversation about that. Yeah, and, yeah, and at this point, Fitz, as we sit here approaching mid-December, there's no easy answers, right? You and I were kind of talking about this before. Like, There's no excuse me, easy answers to the test. Like, if, if you do ultimately decide, hey, we're going to make a change of quarterback, we're going to make a change of coordinator, we're going to do something different schematically, okay, but what does that look like in 72 hours, in 96 hours when this team plays, hits the field again? So I think that it's important, that, you know, all of us as fans, all of us as people who enjoy watching the Raiders, right, you kind of have to keep everything in perspective. I mean, like, oh, I want these wholesale changes. You and I read the comments from the fans, and it's their prerogative to get upset, to be excited, to feel however. But I, I think that you also have to live in the world of reality a little bit, where we're recording this at 5.30 on a Sunday, the Raiders are going to play at 5.20 on Thursday. There's not this, you know, seven-week acclimation period or, hey, we're going to be able to try to get real weird in the lab over the next four days. Like, no, 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 no. Like, there is a very real time essence, a time aspect to all of this. So I just encourage, and I know it's the worst thing to say, just a little understanding, a little patience from the fan base as we do ultimately gear up for Thursday night. Here's the thing. I'm used to this. Like, in the summer when I'm not positive enough about the team, fans blow me up and say that I suck at my job, right? And then when we get to this point in the season when I'm not low enough on the team, then people say that I'm taking it soft on them. Like, I think I try and stay pretty even agree in all of this and try and be as logic-driven as possible. So let's put the logic to the test here on what the next couple of days look like. For anyone that doesn't know, most coaching staffs have somebody that's called an advanced scout. That person is looking at an appointment that's two to three weeks out, right? So they are handed a book tonight that's going to be an advanced scout on Thursday. They're going to start to actually break down everything they need to know for the Chargers if they haven't done a little cheat work on that. They're going to basically start early tomorrow morning. So tomorrow there'll be a, a book essentially that goes out to players of here's what we're thinking that will then be talked through on Tuesday, walked through at best on Wednesday. And there off we go. And, and then we go. Like So you are talking about a few hours of actual time on the field by the collective bargaining yep. agreement, a few hours of time on the field where you're going to fix what we just saw? Like, that just feels... So, if yeah. I'm Antonio Pierce, what I got to do right now is I got to look around and ask myself one important question. We just had a bye week. Did I see enough from the people I'm trusting to be my coordinators in a bye week 
to prove that we have what it takes moving forward. Defensively, I think we absolutely oh, did. Oh, yeah, flying colors. Flying Defensively, colors. we did. Offensively, I said to you as we were watching the game together, where was the, the trick? Where was the new install? Where was the something that you're saying, oh, I've never seen that? Where was the movement trying to find a way to get Devontae open in the second half? Where were the adjustments that we talked about? Like, I didn't see that. So I think it's fair for Antonio Pierce right now to look back and make sure. I'm not saying I never want to root for anyone to get into, to lose the job. But what I want Antonio Pierce to do is look at it and make sure that the people he's trusted are executing his vision. And, and I think that's the big frustration. Well, I mean, one of the big frustrations coming in today, Fitz, is you had two weeks for this game. You had two weeks to put this game plan together. And, and look, credit where credit is due, and we will get there eventually, I promise. This defense was phenomenal. Phenomenal today, right? Max Crosby, man on fire. I mean, dude, yes, check, 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 across the board. Offensively, I, I think my big frustration comes from, yes, you're 100% right, that lack of creativity, that lack of oomph, that lack of razzle-dazzle, if you will. You get to the second half, nothing is working, Right? Like, you can, you can be honest as you get into the third quarter, be like, it, it's not our day. Let's get a little weird. Let's do <laughs> something. Let's see a little creativity. Every, you know, there's those handful of plays on the back of the, the playbook for, hey, you never know. Let's see some of those. It felt very static. Obviously, Josh Jacobs going out when he did. Josh Jacobs not being at 100% really the entire game. That throws a big, uh, big curveball in your offensive scheme. But if there was a moment to kind of do some fun stuff, we needed to see it in the second half, and unfortunately we just didn't. The biggest reason, and this will take us to the defense too, Yes. the biggest reason I think there has to be urgency from AP right now on what they're going to do over the course of the remainder of the season is because he's going to have to, as a coach, as a leader, and as a man, sit across from Max Crosby, who, as you know, being around the team the way you are, his – knee is not in a great place. I think it, we've seen enough reports about it. Everybody's talked enough about it. He's, he's talked, talked, he's enough talked about, about it. it. Yeah. His knee's not in a great place. You've got a guy that right now could easily come to the organization and say, man, we got nothing left to play for. Let's shut it down. Let's get it worked on. Let's start the process of getting ready for next season. Max isn't doing that. If Max is going to go out on one leg and play the way he played today, then Antonio Pierce damn well sure better match that same level of energy Mm -hmm. in figuring out what the coaches have to do, what the organization has to do to support him. Because he's putting it all, like, he's putting his leg on the line every single week when he plays, and it's incredible to watch. Max Crosby's stat line for those listening and watching at home. Uh, Deep breath here. Ten tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, and four quarterback hits. And I feel like that doesn't even really encompass the high energy, the constant motor. Insert sports cliche here about how hard Max works because it's 100% true. But, like, this is a guy who we can all acknowledge, as you said, he himself has acknowledged, is not 100% and is putting this defense on his back, is the emotional, spiritual, vocal leader of this 2023 Las Vegas Raiders team. And he's putting everything he's got into this product. And, and I think to his credit, we heard, we had, you know, we talked with Max in the offseason and he said, look, he goes, my goal this year is like, I know who I am, right? Yes, I want to get better. I want to improve my craft. I want to add to the toolbox. But he goes, I'm getting, I need guys to come with me now. That's the next step in my leadership is getting guys to come with me. And he's done it. He has 100% done that. Robert Spillane, He's, he's along for the ride, having a great season. We saw Tyree Wilson today getting better and better and better. Malcolm Coons has had an awesome month. Max, that's what Max is doing now. He is dragging guys, and they're not kicking and screaming. He's saying, we're all going together, and this defense, we're going to play really, really solid defense. And that is exactly what the Raiders' defense did this afternoon. 
I mean, Josh Jobs, to his credit, does the best he can, ultimately gets removed from this game. But the Raiders, in totality, allow 146 passing yards. The overall quarterback rating for the Minnesota Vikings today was 63. 63. Now, to play devil's advocate, to to be, you know, paint a full picture, the Vikings did average uh, north of four yards to carry on the ground. They run the ball 30 times for 132 yards. Uh, Madison at six and a half yards himself. But, like, we, we talked about it. This is a, and I mean this with, with all due respect, kind of a ragtag group on defense, obviously led by Max Crosby, but they are playing really quality football fits. They really are. You've asked me in the past, who's the other guy? Yeah. And you mentioned Spillane. There were three or four times you saw him time jumping to the line of scrimmage because he knew what was coming and exploding through it in a way that shows you instincts, it shows you skill, it also shows you film study, all of the things. Like Spillane is playing at a different level. I think Divine Diablo has put himself 100%. in percent position over and over and over. Malcolm Kuntz, somebody that uh, we saw a couple of times start on the outside, finish the move to the inside, and then all of a sudden you're looking at it and say, man, he's become disruptive, right? Uh, Tyree Wilson, not only did he have the, the sack, which is always great to see at this point, he had a couple of plays where clearly he was not in the spot where he needed to make the play. It wasn't his play to make. Laid his body out trip people up like it was a from a defensive front seven standpoint it was a really stinking good game like the energy that you've mentioned that max brings is being matched by everybody and that's been a change with the new regime like you just it feels like guys are playing with a different fire on the front line particularly defensively yeah five sacks in total for patrick graham's defense today that's that's good any single day of the week and i think just sticking on tyree for a sec i think today fits and correct me if i'm wrong it felt like this is the first, I don't say the first time, but this is perhaps the most clear example we've seen of this coveted length that we've heard about from time. Obviously, you see it if you watch the man play football, but we saw the benefit of that length. We saw him using his body. We saw him being kind of the disruptor, the the athletic marvel, right? And like, God bless Max. Like, you look at Max Crosby, you look at Tyree Wilson, those are two very different dudes body type-wise, right? And, and so we saw kind of the raw athleticism. We saw the raw potential that Tyree had. And it's really exciting, right? And so all of a sudden, you have a few plays where it's Max getting home. It's Tyree getting active. It's Malcolm Coons out there. To your point, it's Divine. It's Robert Spillane. Like, you have dudes out there now, not to mention the secondary that is getting better and better and better and it doesn't matter seems to matter who they're throwing in there but this defense is doing their thing playing a a great band of football and I know it's a team game but god you got to feel for those guys you got to feel for those guys that they lit up three points uh, and they're gonna have a have a pretty crummy Monday three points including a play where Spillane absolutely tips the ball beautifully and somehow some way it gets caught and that that was the difference maker in the game like in a game like this, and it's funny because we were sitting a peek behind the curtain. We were sitting with Eric Allen uh, during one play, and there was a, a Vikings receiver wide open, and uh, the the pass was off uh, off mark. And I looked at EA and I said, "Man, better to be lucky than good." All right. Well, it, sometimes that that bites you in the butt. Right, So when you got Spillane diving out, tipping the ball, and it ends up being a catch that keeps the drive alive that uh, ends up helping them move down the field to score that field goal. Like Those are the moments where you just felt like there was no margin for error. I feel for the defense because you give up three points. In, in the modern NFL, you win. I mean, and try this one on for size fits. The Raiders allowed the Vikings to gain 124 total net yards through three quarters, right? So going into the fourth quarter, they had surrendered 124 yards. The only game in the last 10 years that the Raiders allowed fewer net yards through three quarters was week 12 of 2017. It's been a minute. That's amazing. So n- now you're putting in a, hi- I don't want to say just 10 years, but you're putting now in a historic sense what this Raiders defense did today, 
right? And yes, it was Josh Jobs and Nick Mullins, who, gosh, is now, I guess, officially the Raiders' killer again. Yep, yep. But, I mean, gosh, I mean, Patrick Graham, week after week after week, and you and I have had this conversation a million times. If I would have told you that the catalyst for success for the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders was going to be the defense consistently, not for a week, not for a month, but week after week after week, now three-quarters away through the season— you never would believe. I wouldn't have believed me, but here we are, and that's the case. And it's it's so interesting because most of the names are not names we expected to be where they are. Yeah, right? like we have reached a spot where the secondary overall feels like a revolving door. Different guys are active every week. Different guys are stepping in every week, and it doesn't stop anybody. Right, and even there were times in the course of this game where, due to some hits, like Meek was taken off the field. Nate Hobbs Here comes Tyler Hall, yeah. Right? Like, it just feels like it's become very plug-and-play, which can happen when you have a set when you have a defensive line that's creating pressure constantly. And that's the thing. Like, I, I believe that because the front seven has done such a nice job, it just creates the it, it creates ghosts. Mm-hmm. And that helps with the coverage. And you know, frankly, I I, I look at this and, and felt like as much as we'll talk about this was an ugly football game, and it was. I mean, it was ugly to watch from both sides. As much as we'll talk about that, it was a pretty defensive effort. Like, yeah. the defense came out and did everything you possibly— and the the heartbreaking part of that is that lost in the conversation about what the coaching staff will, could, should look like, would look like for the rest of this year, for the rest of time. Like, the one thing that's funny to me is that we as a fan base, I think we're very hard on Patrick Graham for a very long time. And there were a lot of people last year that were like, ah, this, this defense sucks, this guy's a bum. Like, you hear all yeah. these things, right? And now we're sitting around saying, wait, like continuity. Continuity. Continuity can yeah. help in a defense. Like you can feel that palpably from this defense. You know, we talk about how the Raiders defense has been good in a sustained way this year. Here's a number to try on for you, Fitz. The Raiders kept the Vikings to negative eight net passing yards in the first quarter. The second time this season that they kept an opponent below zero net passing yards in the first quarter. They had negative, excuse me, the Patriots had negative 11 week six. So now it's, it's not a flash in the pan. It's not like, oh boy, what a, what a great week where everything came together. Like this is sustained success from Patrick Graham's group. And to your point, now we're seeing Jack Jones play. We've seen a little bit more of Tyler Hall, uh, the Jacorian Bennett uh, kind of roller coaster, as Antonio Pierce is called. That we see a little bit more of that. I mean, but it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to matter, anyways. Who gets thrown in there? This con- the group is, is the sum is greater than the what's you know what I'm sum saying? is greater than the. Oh, the, uh, what the parts? The, some of the, the parts. It's Voltron. Yes. Like any one yes, of them is Voltron you. is not very particularly great. Yeah. Put them all, I shouldn't say it that way, but you know what I mean. I think, you know, and you mentioned Jack Jones. Yep. Uh, huge kudos to somebody that was playing so explosively. There were a couple of missed tackles early. Yeah, and obviously a uh, big one like, at the end. Big, Everyone's right. going to circle. But I think yeah. that speaks to sort of the way he plays the game, right? Like he's going to play particularly aggressive, and it's good to have a guy like that that help can, can help be a disruptor. You know, I thought I thought Epps played really well in this he game. Did. Obviously, the big hit on Justin Jefferson. He was out of the hospital, by the way, which is great news. But. Yeah, I, and we should note that you never. I never want a player to miss a single step. Like I want my beloved Raiders to beat the other team. At full strength. That's what I want in the, in the grand scheme of things. It was a beautiful hit, unfortunate injury that came with it. And you, and you brought up a great point, too, when, when we were uh, on our way over here, where if you're Marcus Epps, that's the way that you're supposed to do it, right? You protect yourself. You're, you're not headhunting. You're not leading with the helmet. You're doing everything the right way, and it's just one of those unfortunate realities where 
it's a contact sport, right? And and you know, if you're if you're a high school kid at home, that's what you, the way that you should be taught, and that's the way that you should be watching it. It speaks to how physical this Raiders defense has become, too, because you watch Justin Jefferson out of the game, Madison leaves the game, couple offensive linemen for the Vikings left the game. Like this defense was coming out and crashing. It was just absolutely trying to pop, and it and it worked. Yeah, you and I were joking during the course of the game, where I think it was a graphic that um, Fox put up. I want to say like leading into the fourth quarter, right at the start of the fourth quarter, they said that the Raiders had never played a 0-0 game going into the fourth quarter, right? And the Vikings hadn't played a 0-0 game going into the fourth quarter since 1971, I think it is. Uh, Our friend Paul Gutierrez just tweeted out, the three combined points from today make this the lowest scoring indoor game in NFL history. And we were there. We were there. How does that feel just to to know? Not great. To know that we were. Not great. I think the hardest part about it is, and again, uh, you know, everybody yells and screams about so much of this. I feel like there are actually foundational building blocks this year mm-hmm. that are in place that I feel really good about. And I don't know that I felt that way when we were doing the show a year ago. I, I was one of the people coming in saying, hey, I think this is a two-year rebuild, and I think this team needs 20 new starters, 18 new starters, whatever. Where it stands right now, when you look at the way some of these guys are growing, you look at it and say, actually, there are a lot of pretty good pieces. The problem is... When you aren't deep enough and when you are not developed enough, you don't have any room for error. So uh, something as simple as a holding penalty doesn't traditionally hold a great team back. They figure out a way to get out of negative down a distance. This team can't. Yeah. So little things, turnovers are big things, but like getting into the red zone and having an unfortunate turnover on a great play by a defensive player that Hunter Renfro is going to want back for a long time. Yeah. That just lords over this game because there is no margin. When your offense is that bad and your team is this thin, there's just no room to to screw up at all. And it kills me too that it that it was Hunter, right? Because we we you know Hunter's kind of up and down for whatever reasons, right? Of 2023 have been well documented, talked about people that are not talked about by people that are not you and I, right? But the fact that we saw Hunter getting involved that early, we saw the big the big play. We're like, yes, here he comes. And I was like, man, I want him. If we don't get any moments out of the the final month, fits. I want a Hunter Renfro Allegiant Stadium touchdown because if there's one dude who deserves that collective exhale, that collective moment, uh, it's number 13. But we talked about the fumble, right? You're in field goal range. What does three points, what does seven points mean over the course of this game? And, oh, man, it uh, you feel for him, but you know in him he's going to come back bigger and better than ever uh, on Thursday night against the Chargers. But, yeah, it was a, it was a tough one, man. But tough. when you talk about what's left and what you want for Hunter Renfro, I think we just have to – remind everybody this is different than the end of a lot of seasons because no matter what's left to play for as a team individually there is a ton the eye in the sky don't lie man like it is it is wild how the next month can influence so much if the Raiders go on a just toward just absolute tear of a winning streak and suddenly everything looks wild and it's like yes we figured it all out we're going to view the, the offseason one way. Like, we have to acknowledge as the team sits here at, at five and eight, right? Like, five and eight, if you're looking at a final record of six and 11 at this thing, man, that's tough to stomach. If yeah. you're looking at eight and nine, man, we're right on the cusp, right? Like, there's, yeah. and, and then you start talking about, as I've said on Raider Nation Radio repeatedly, like, Aiden O'Connell right now has to prove that he is better than the third or fourth quarter, best quarterback in next year's NFL draft. That's what he has to prove. 
That's in front of him for the next month. This was a regrettable game. The question is, if he does play on Thursday, how does he turn around and, and bounce back? And if he doesn't turn around and back, bounce back, that still answers the question. So it's almost like you're sitting there with the pros and cons list trying to figure out how to answer the questions of what's good and what isn't good. Like, What's good, what's not good is a more important question right now than playoffs or no playoffs. Well, I think over the, the final month here, Fizz, I think we'll get two things. Is We'll get a lot of clarity. I hope we'll get a lot of clarity on what the next six months, the next 12 months really is going to look like for this team. But I, I'm interested about the perception of the 2023 Raiders, right? We heard it uh, after that Dolphins game where Tyreek said, look, yeah, the Raiders, they, I mean, obviously they lost. But he goes, Antonio Pierce has changed the perception around this team. So what is the perception? Now the Raiders have lost three games in a row. Right, they've they've stubbed their toe. We are now in one of the the valleys of the season. Okay, how do you bounce back? What do you see over the final month? Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, if you're gonna be completely honest, you're gonna look at the numbers. Like, the chances of the, the, this team going to the playoffs, even if they win out, is not zero. I mean, it's a non-zero number, but it is a small number. But what do you do? Like, what does the effort look like? Right, and that's one thing that I, I think to Antonio Pierce's credit, we have never questioned since he took over the uh, the, the reins here, him and Cam Kelly. We have never questioned the effort from any single person on this roster, right? And so I'm curious now, over the final month, what does it look like? What does it feel like? To your point, what is the offseason? What is the mission? What is the goal of the offseason? When you say effort, though, like that's a really good point I hadn't thought about. What's the last time? When's the last time that we looked around and said, man, we never saw a flat game? Yeah. Like that's just— I mean, to be fair, I mean, you look offensively, you could say that this was flat, right? I think there's a difference between bad and flat. Okay. There's a difference between, man, we just did not execute. We're not very good. I think that's a that's a fair as a unit right now. Whether it's the play calling, like okay, at some point, anybody that's ever cooked, like yeah, you can tell them hungry after, today. Yeah, you can tell them. Now hungry we are today. approaching dinner time. I, I like to make you know I like to I like to cook right, and sometimes you'll make like a soup right, and you know you you got all the right ingredients and you're slow cooking this thing, and so you spend all day and you're like I am so excited for this soup right, and then you go in and you take a spoonful of it and you realize it sucks all right, and you spend all day and it's not seasoned right, and now that it's not seasoned right, you can't fix. You can't get this soup back to where it needs to be. I'm not sure the offense isn't in that boat. Like, Mm -hmm. something went wrong. But I don't look at the way that Aiden O'Connell or Josh Jacobs, like, look at little things like blitz pickup. Look at little things like effort on run blocking. Like, the guys are trying. And and not to cut you off there, not to get you off there, but we also have Colt Miller's out. Andre James leaves the game early. You have Dylan Parham, or excuse me, Parham, who's playing center. Jordan Meredith comes in on the interior. You know, Josh Jacobs is in 100%. And I know the NFL's war of attrition, especially in mid-December. But I think we got to also just, you know, be honest with the fact that this was not the Raiders offense when they are rocking rocking and rolling at, at high speed and have the, the full complement of their greatness at, at, uh, in, at O'Connell's disposal. Yeah, and by the way, most of the teams that are in the middle of the pack, or, or worse, don't have another guy. Like, next man up is a great principle that is rarely executed in the NFL. Like, we can say next man up, like the in-season tournament was just here in Vegas yeah. last night with the, the final of the in-season tournament. If I'm sitting on the Lakers bench and you're like, sorry, buddy, next man up, you're going in, it doesn't mean that that's going to be good, right? Like, sure. So I think we have to acknowledge that next man up is a great principle, but depth is one of the tougher things for football teams to accomplish. It takes time with a roster to build into depth. I don't know that the Raiders are there yet, and I think that's fair. Uh, to, to say it that way. I don't think that's a effort play, though, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can look back, and, and I'd have to go back game to game to think about what it looked like with previous regimes. But I can remember games 
under Gruden. I can remember games under Josh McDaniels. I, I think it's fair to look back at each remember games under Dennis Allen where the coach comes up afterwards and says, man, I don't know. We came out flat today. Yeah. And, uh, and that hasn't been a thing for, for Antonio Pierce. So I think that's a fair point. If, if, the, the future of the Raiders is in having the pulse of the organization and the pulse of the players, then AP is showing that he can absolutely do that. But if the future in the Raiders is also being great on the field, he has got to show that he understands how to try and fix what isn't currently great. And there may not be somebody in the building sure. that can fix that, but he's got to have an answer. I mean, I mean that's like, no pun intended, the literal million-dollar question at this point is can you find someone, whether it's Antonio, whether it's Antonio plus whoever, whether it's someone that you and I haven't even considered or talked about, that can motivate this group of men, right, that, that can have the collective buy-in, which this locker room has certainly no doubt 100% bought into what Antonio Pierce is preaching, but someone that can also kind of have that uh, – you know, have the on the field excellence kind of replicate that and match that. So, I mean, yes, uh, Antonio wins his first two games. Now we're in a three game slide. You want to kind of get to that middle, right? You want it, you know, you have this target here, that target here. You got to find a way to fly the plane right through. And he's got a month to figure it out. Uh, and I hope, obviously, that he does for the sake of all of us. But yeah, it, re- it remains to be seen, Fitz. Uh, you think about the coaches right now that are truly across the board, wildly successful, uh, like Andy Reid, players. Love mm-hmm. Andy Reid. Now, he also happens to be brilliant with X's and O's. Mike McDaniel, uh, players gravitate. Even though he's nerdy, yeah. players love him. right? Like There's this thing about him that they love. And he, Again, he's great with X's and O's. I, so I, I don't want to take anything away from that. Dan Campbell, somebody that came in. Like The minute he came in, he gets the Lions. I know the Lions had an off week. But he gets the Lions. He gets the organization. They get him. He represents them. If that is Antonio Pierce's future to get to this job, the one thing that we have to remember is for most head coaching interviews, when you walk in, the way it typically goes, you walk in and you immediately show the world, hey, here's the list of people I would bring in. Here are the coordinators I have. That's why I always say the most concerning thing about a new head coach hire that you'll ever see is if you start to see reports of, well, they reached out to this coordinator, but he turned the job down because now that means you're checking down the the list. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing for Antonio Pierce right now to be proving to the organization and Mark Davis and everybody else is, hey, I got a call list. I know who I'm going to get to handle this. And and if the answer is I can't fix the offense today, if his if his what felt like ten hour meeting that was really twenty minutes with Mark Davis today was about how to fix the offense, if his answer is I don't think we can, he better be able to show Mark Davis how they fix it for the future. That's something he can't not have an answer to. 100%. Like I said, over this next month, hopefully we see, I, and I really in my heart of hearts think we're going to get a lot of clarity on a lot of these questions that you and I have been kind of spitballing with uh, this evening. But if it's on our way out, I just, I have to, we must give some kudos to the Condor himself, friend of the Moat program, Max Crosby. Uh, he be officially becomes the fifth player in franchise history to reach the 50, sack, uh, 50 career sack mark and the only player in Raiders history to reach that mark in his first five NFL seasons. 31st defender in NFL history to reach 50 plus sacks in his first NFL season. Uh, what can he do? The guy, you, you talked about it earlier this year, a guy playing at a historic clip right now, and I think lost in all of this. Yes, Max will get his flowers in some regard, but what he's doing, unprecedented, uh, and the Raiders and this fan base, incredibly ha- lucky to have number 98. Yeah, Madden, put him in the 99 club. Do, do it. it now. Get him in the 99 club, and uh, I, I think Raiders fans, it's tough in the moment when your team's not winning, and I feel this is a lifelong diehard fan. It's tough in the moment to appreciate anything because all we want to do is win, right? But then 10 years later, you do look back and you say, man, how many people look back at different eras and remember one particular player in that era? How many mm-hmm. people are like, I love Greg Townsend when he played? How many people are like, I loved EA when he played, right? Like everybody has that favorite player, 
for whatever the fails of of this year, last year, the last several years as an organization have been. Max Crosby, the individual, the football player, is one of the biggest home runs the NFL has hit, one of the biggest home runs that the Raiders have hit, and he is somebody that every single week you can look at and say, hey, there is something to root for on the field, no matter what happens, wins or losses. Now, as an organization, they need to give Max what Max given them, which is full attention on how to win. He's done everything for the Raiders. I believe that the Raiders will figure out how to surround him with what he needs in the future. On our way out, he also now has 13 and a half sacks this year, career high for the Condor. On one leg. On, on one, one leg. damn leg. That's what he does, man. You. It's uh, it, you know, I, I tell people the story all the time of Max coming in here and, and working and, and getting that uh, that early morning workout session the day he signed that big dog extension. And and we talk about it all the time, and I know everyone's sick of, sick of me, sick of me telling the story. But man, I mean, when he, when that's what you're getting from your franchise guy, when he's six hours away from signing a generationally life changing deal, and he's here at six in the morning just getting work in when no one is in this building. That's Max Crosby in a nutshell. So uh, we can end on a positive note, Fitz. It was so good to see you. It's so good to have you physically here. It makes all of our lives so much easier when we're not worrying about the Zoom communication and you've muted yourself and I've muted you. Life is so much better. I never mute myself. I'm, I'm perfect. Know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is so great to see you. Uh, you know the, the deal on the way out. 30 seconds of plugs. Where can the people find you outside of this beautiful studio? So check out Yahoo Sports. If you're not already, go get the app. We're doing a bunch of work out there that uh, I'm really proud of. We do a lot of quick hit videos, a lot of two-minute reactions to anything and everything plus a lot of video on demand podcast content that you can check out across the NFL college football all sports and on Saturday mornings Fox Sports Radio's uh, the fellows 5 to 9 a.m. Eastern really early for you so don't worry you can just download the podcast version of it I'm awake though man I got a name one though I'm awake at 5 a.m. that's fair you are awake awake. wildly early that is I saw this funny meme the other day that that I was like god that's me it's it was like essentially like uh I'm at the point in life where if you text me at 10.05 you're gonna get a response back at 5.15 in the morning and I said yep that's me. That's fair. That uh, is it's, me. I never feel bad when it's early on the East Coast. I'm like, I can still text. Yeah, I'm awake. Yeah. I'm awake. We're always awake. And we actually have a t- that's a great on our way out, Fitz. We got a lot to do in the next 72 hours. The Raiders are going to be back on the field Thursday night at Allegiant Stadium to take on Justin Herbert, question mark, uh, and the Los Angeles Chargers. They will take on the Chargers. Who is under center remains to be seen. But we will have much to discuss. We will have you back uh, in a virtual setting to come hang out with us. But it'll be so good to hopefully talk about something uh, a little bit nice. Talk about some points. Points maybe. How about that? Oh, t- uh, points and a win. Yes, a win points and a win. We'll yes, one. points and a win. I will take that every single day. Jason Fitz, it was so good to see you. So, for all of our friends at Silver and Black Productions, Eddie Pascal, my guy Jason Fitz, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And we'll see you guys in a few short days Woo-hoo. for our next episode of The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch. Thank you for listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch. Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app, and we'll see you next week.